Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Pratik Joshi. Pratik Joshi is the founder and CEO of Pluto Shift, a startup with locations in Palo Alto, California, and Denver, Colorado. He is a published author of 13 books on artificial intelligence, and his tech blog has more than 7,500 followers. Apart from artificial intelligence, some of his passions are number theory, cryptography, and quantum computing. His greater goal is to make artificial intelligence accessible to everyone so that it can impact billions of people around the world. Well, good afternoon, Pratik. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Great to be here. Awesome. Again, particularly we were just talking about how much I really love doing podcasts and talking to new people, connecting with new people. This is just simply amazing. So we're going to jump into the questions here. Let's talk about your background. You've got an amazing background in technology leadership, and now you're the CEO of Pluto Shift. Could you share with our audience what drives you and what has contributed to your success? Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a, uh, in a town in Southern India. And you know, growing up, water was a bit of a luxury, right? So it's not like something that you, you, know, you turn on the tap and it's that, right? So, it's, so we used to get water once every couple of days. Uh, you, know, you store it, you use it, and then you, know, you wait for the next turn. So that's kind of how my life started. That's my relationship with that. And then the reason I'm mentioning that is when I started kind of growing up, I thought maybe that's how it is everywhere else in the world, right? So that's how people live. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. It's, that shouldn't be the case, right? So because it's essential resource, you need to survive. So growing up in India, there are many issues I could have latched onto, but water just stayed with me because, because of where I grew up. And that turned into a real passion after I grew up. So water, for many reasons, is a topic very close to my heart. Now, coming to you know what I studied, so I went to school and studied AI during my schooling, first job, second job. So it's pretty much all uh, I've done in my career. And specifically, you know, I'm interested in how AI applies to the physical world. So AI has done a lot of good in the ether, such as you know, search engines or e-commerce. But when it comes to the physical world, there's been a, a pretty big gap, right? And that's what fascinates me. Right? How do we make it practical? I like it when I can, when I do something, I can, you know, it's tangible, you can touch and feel it, right? So Pluto Shift represents the convergence of my pursuit of, of this physical AI and my passion for water, right? So when we launched Pluto Shift, the core mission was to, you know, how do we bring AI in a practical way to have a, a meaningful impact on the world of water, right? So that's how we launched Pluto Shift. And when I started talking to the industry folks or people who do this on a day-to-day -day basis, I realized it's, it's a very big need. So as our company grew, obviously we, we expanded beyond water. And now our platform is applicable to a, a range of sectors within the physical footprint. But that's pretty much how it got started. Also, if you, if you look at why do companies gather data just so that they can enhance specific areas within their business? So today's reality is that it's siloed, accessing it is a pain, and that really has been the driving force, meaning just the size of this problem is so big that it excites me on a day-to-day -day basis. So these operations teams, they use spreadsheets on a day-to-day -day basis to get their work done, right? These manual workflows lead to errors and delays and oversights. So it's kind of, it's it's really expensive and that's really where PlutoShift comes in. So it's a platform built for the operations team. So data comes in from many different directions 
and we automate these workflows for them so that they can get to the information that they need quickly and automatically. That's a little bit of my story. Awesome. I appreciate that. And it's really inspiring. You know, it's usually something in your life that impacts you in sometimes a positive way, but also a negative way that makes you have a passion to go fix something or provide a solution. So we appreciate your story. Pratik, as you know, everybody globally has to make major shifts to adapt to this new normal in the pandemic. Could you share with us what you're doing to help your organization stay relevant in this economy? Sure. Yeah. When you look at 2020, right, it's been cathartic when it comes to thinking about digital transformation, right? All these companies that were kind of supposed to do things in a certain way as you progress, but really weren't doing it. So to understand its impact on the companies, what we saw was quite simply, you know, people, when, when COVID hit back in March, right? People couldn't go out as much. So sectors such as travel and restaurants, they really got hit hard. People were losing jobs. They couldn't afford to spend too much. So sectors such as entertainment and luxury goods, they got decimated. And also the companies that were servicing these two sectors, they also kind of got, they got hit hard. But at the same time, there were certain sectors of our economy that are less sensitive to this, right? So in the middle of all this chaos, for example, grocery sales, they went all the way up. Consumers spent money on essential items like food, soap, toilet paper, canned goods. The demand for these essential items, it went up really quickly and companies that produce these items, in fact, they had a hard time keeping up with all this huge demand. So the reason I mentioned that is there were kind of COVID created winners and losers, right? So they're kind of at the mercy of how consumers behave. And also the other big trend is, is you know, this shift to work from home, right? So it revealed a, a big technology gap when it comes to digital transformation. So to understand that better, we commissioned a study to see what do people think? How are they how are they doing this? So we conducted a survey with across 500 industry professionals. 94% of the respondents, they said that, digital transformation spans most or all of their companies. So surprisingly, boiling the ocean is plan A for many companies, which as Afraya says, that's not really the, the best path because these companies have huge, huge footprints, right? If you try to boil the ocean, it's just not really gonna, gonna work. And also COVID, it forced years worth of digital transformation into weeks, meaning companies were forced to adapt really, really quickly, right? And 84% of our respondents and in the survey said that COVID expedited their need to digitize their workforce. Meaning if there was work that was being done with pen and paper or spreadsheets or just kind of many loosely held work, all of that, they realized that they had to expedite and digitize it. And also the good thing is people, you know, they want to digitize their work. And also their preference is to do it in a bite-sized manner. Meaning if, if there's a company with 50,000 people, you don't need to do everything all at once simultaneously, right? And the survey revealed that you know, 78% of the respondents said that they feel supported by their department heads when they take this bite-sized approach, what we call op-specific digital transformation, meaning pick a line of work and digitize that part and make sure that area of the company is digitized. And then you take that success and you replicate it across many different areas, right? So what this does is it kind of it sets a tone to make, to have incremental wins. And really, Pura Shift's goal in 2021 and beyond is to help these champions become successful, right? We are huge fans of the op-specific approach. And post-COVID, companies 
already are creating very strong mandates to digitize their workflows because you know they don't want to get caught off guard right many companies were caught off guard they really kind of had to face the consequences and so they are planning to do this and they need to do it with a with a high batting average meaning no more five year projects that you know may or may not go anywhere they are doing that and absura shift is well positioned to serve these companies in the post covid world because that's what we bring to the table so kind of that's how we are thinking about this Great. I appreciate the story and the backdrop around how you pivoted and and how you supported your customers through this challenging time. So, Pratik, you're obviously leveraging some new or emerging technologies within your tech stack. Is there anything you could share with us that's non-proprietary or confidential? Sure. Yeah. We work with a lot of data, right? And actually to process that, right, we have a, a range of AI tools. Pretty much, you know, you collect data and AI transforms that to, to information. When you think of AI and ML, machine learning, the way we look at it is you know, AI is the goal and uh, machine learning is the vehicle to get there, right? And, you know, the modeling is the, the fun part, but also there are like less glorious parts of running an AI platform. Like you got to check the quality of data, like data pre-processing, checking if the data supports the use case, automating workflows, last mile adoption, user access, all these nuts and bolts. Really, that's what makes AI work in the real world. Right? Modeling is like the last 20%, 80% of the work is just related to data and having the nuts and bolts to process it. Now, keeping that in mind, we are specifically working across four key areas within our tech stack, right? So one is automation, meaning we are building the, the fundamental blocks to automate the work related to data. For example, data quality check, something that you need very, very frequently. It can be done manually by a person, but imagine the amount of time it's going to take for a person to do this across terabytes of data from multiple sources. What we're doing is building these range of automation blocks to automate the tasks that I mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago, like data quality check, pre-processing, and so on. So automation is, is a key area. Next is native mobile app. Our customers want to access the platform from many different situations, many different areas. So native mobile apps on iOS and Android will help us serve them better because they access it from their office, from the field, right? And there are many different areas. So mobile is definitely on a roadmap. Third is expanding the menu card of, of use cases. Right? There's been an increased demand from our customers to, to really kind of address more and more workflows. Our platform by default, it comes with a list of workflows or use cases that you know, that are already pre-built. But we want to keep that menu card, kind of we want to expand it, serve more customers, more sectors, uh, just out of the box. Fourth is building integrations. And this is specifically about, you know, we work with a variety of data sources. We need to be prepared to accept data from as many sources as possible because it's at the big industry and people use different types of data systems. And in addition to that, we want to deliver the information, the output of our platform in whatever manner our customers want, right? For example, we have a dashboard. Most of our customers see that, but also our customers consume information in other ways. Like they want it via an API or they want to display it on an internal tool. So we are working on building more integrations, both to accept data from more sources, as well as send the information back in in many different formats. So that's a little bit of a sneak peek into what we are doing in, in 2021. 
Thank you for sharing that. That's so important that we get to understand what you're doing in that technology space. And Pratik, last question, we're going to wrap this up. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career, neither technology or entrepreneurship? Yeah, definitely. You know, the, the, the funny thing is there's obviously there's no hard and fast rule, but also having done this for a while now, I think there are a couple of key areas that I'd like to highlight, right? So specifically three, three areas. One, finding your core purpose. And what I mean by that is there's a Japanese concept called Ikigai, right? I'm sure many people would have heard of it, but just what it helps do is it just helps you understand what you are meant to do, right? What's your core purpose? And again, it's it's applicable to, you know, be it career, a, a startup, or your life in general. So it's a simple Venn diagram with four intersecting circles, right? And each circle represents a, a set of activities. So the four circles in this case are something you love, something you're good at, something the world needs, and something that gets you paid. So if an activity, if you find an activity that sits at the intersection of these four circles, right? It's called Ikigai. It just becomes a lot easier to keep going. In fact, it becomes a joy to keep going. And so that's what I see when I see people working on projects. It's just easy to see. You have to do this for a long time, right? It takes time to make something good happen. So it's just a lot better if you find something that it's at that good, sweet intersection of those four circles. Finding a core purpose is definitely an important thing. The second area is people. Surround yourself with great people and their habits will rub off on you. I've been fortunate enough to come across some really high caliber people and, and learn from them. And in addition to that, you know, you should figure out a way to be useful to people around you, right? Not just random favors, just but just kind of figure out a way to be useful. And not only is it good for the world, but it's good for you too. Meaning you learn to stay nimble. You learn how to be active. It's like a big universe where somebody helped you when you were in need and you now it's your turn to help others and kind of it, it just creates a nice system. But at the end of the day, surrounding yourself with great people is has served amazingly well in my case. And third is time. Your most precious resource is your time. Deploy it wisely on activities that with a high ROI. And what I mean by that is you should spend your time on items that, that you are really good at. For everything else, hire an expert. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you will be slow, the outcome will be low quality, and it will distract you from your core purpose. And again, I made a ton of mistakes, and looking back, I think these are the three things that I think if you have discipline around these three items, many good things will happen, and you'll be kind of, you'll enjoy the journey, right? You'll, you'll, you'll have fun, you'll enjoy the journey, and then you can just focus on, on what you can control, and then just outwork everybody else. Again, that's my outlook on this. Great. I appreciate that, Pratik. As you mentioned, if you have the right focus, you can certainly excel in these areas. So I appreciate the share on that. And I know our global audience will as well. And Pratik, it was a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Perfect, Brian. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been fun. Thank you. Bye for now. 